it all depends on where your money is. Is your money taxable, tax deferred, or tax free? Those are the only three types of money. So okay. if you have the majority of your assets in tax free buckets, when those funds come out, it does not count against your provisional income formula for Social Security. So then, because it's all tax free, voluntarily, you got rid of your taxes on Social Security. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about helping you find ways to become financially fit for your future, no matter what kind of shape you're in now. I'm Heather Branch, and on the show today, taxes in retirement. Is it possible to position your assets to pay fewer or even no taxes in retirement? Because some say yes, but if so, how do you do that? How do you protect yourself from rising taxes? And what is all this talk about the year 2025? Ed Siddell, the retirement trainer, is here to help us get into tip-top tax shape. Hi, Ed. Good morning, Heather. What is going on? Well, am I the lone idiot on an island when I say that the whole <laughs> idea of taxes and retirement completely blows my mind? I cannot wrap my brain around all of the different conversations that are had on this one specific, I mean, with everything that we have to think about when it comes to finances in the year, you know, 2019 and, and beyond, the taxes one is by itself, Could you could write books about it. Each and every year, it changes so much. I mean, you know, when this new tax code came into play, it wasn't fully revealed until later in the year. And so you had all these CE courses, CPAs, tax attorneys trying to figure out what the changes were. So and these are folks that do it every day. So can you even imagine what the, the average everyday person is thinking? They're like, yes, what is this? I can imagine. You know? And what we're thinking yeah. is I, I obviously am just going to fail. I'm going to be a miserable, sad, moneyless person in, in retirement because I, I can't even begin to understand what all this is about. That's the way it feels oh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, you know, and then when you read the paper and you're looking at the news and watching TV, it's, you know, depending on what channel it's, everyone's getting a tax break or everyone's paying more in taxes, you know, but it's usually somewhere in between. You really have to educate yourself and, you know, and hopefully you have a good CPA and a good advisor that can kind of help you uh, uh, navigate the waters because it's, it's crazy. Okay. So the new tax code you referenced just a minute ago, that's the tax code that came into law at the end of 2017, right? Yeah, it was effective um, January 1st, 2018, okay. and it goes for six years, and it ends December 31st, 2025. Okay, so that's um, one of the biggest subjects that I hear people talking about all the time that I have no idea what they're talking about. So I want you to explain what that means and what we're supposed to be doing between now and 2025. Yeah, understand, you know, where you sit, okay? What kind of shape are you in financially and understanding your plan so that you can apply the, the tax code and take advantage of it. When the new tax code came into play, mm -hmm. um, it was really designed to, for the middle class, I'm not exactly sure what the income level is, but let's just say using round numbers, those earning less than than six figures, okay? okay. To, to give them a tax break, especially for seniors. For a couple or for an individual? Well, for a couple. Okay. Okay. And really what it was designed to do is it doubled the standard deduction, you know, for those under, for married filing jointly, mm -hmm. okay, those under 65, 
it went from 12,000 to 24 in this year, 2019 to $24,400. Okay. All right. And if you're 65 and older, each spouse gets an extra $1,300 or an extra $2,600 on top of the 24,400. Okay. So that is a huge, huge boost to your deduction. Okay. So whether you have pension income or you're taking required minimum distribution income that's fully taxable, it's the top line. It reduces the amount of income that you have to claim. And that has a huge impact on whether or not your social security is going to be taxed that income also has a huge impact on means-based testing for Medicare. They don't call it a tax. They call it a premium adjustment, but it's really just a tax on Medicare if your income is too high. And then your your premiums will go up? Your premiums go up. Yeah. So you you pay more for B, C, and D. And, you know, it could be as much as a couple extra hundred dollars per month per person. Um, Which is a lot. That's a lot of money, especially for those on a fixed income. Yeah. You have that budget planned out. Now, all of a sudden, you're paying more for for Medicare. So what the tax code does is it gives you the ability to to take advantage. Again, you have to understand your whole situation. That's why that plan, that's the starting point. So that you know what kind of strategies you can take advantage of as far as Roth conversions. Because if you set up your plan properly between now and in the end, when this goes away, December 31st, 2025, you could effectively remove a lot, if not most, depending on how much you have in your pre-tax investments. That would be like your traditional IRAs, your traditional 401ks, and convert it over into a Roth. And the difference between those two is with pre-tax, that means you're getting the deduction now. So if you're putting away, I'm just going to use round numbers to make the math easy. Okay. Okay? So if your income is 80,000 and you put away $10,000, combined in your 401k, Uh that means your income is now $70,000. Okay. All right. Yep. So it lowers your overall income and it grows tax deferred. But when it comes out, you're paying ordinary income tax at whatever that tax level is at that point in time, you know, down in the future. Now we already know that the way the law is right now, taxes are going to go up. Right. That's a definite. Okay. Now it could change, but it's going to go back to, to the 2017 levels. All right. In the year 2025? In starting 2026. Okay. So January 1st, 2026 is when it goes back to the 2017 levels. Okay. So understanding where your money is and being able to convert it over into a Roth because required minimum distributions kick in at 70 and a half, which means the government has said, you know, at, you have saved your money long enough. It is time to pay up. Okay. So whether you want to or not, whether you need to or not, it is time to withdraw those funds out of your pre-tax investments and pay the tax on it. Okay. So if you don't need that money, or even if you did, if you could effectively pay it at a lower tax rate now, okay, when taxes are lower, mm-hmm. when that time comes and you can convert it over into a Roth. So a Roth is where you're paying taxes on it now. Mm-hmm. It grows tax deferred, but it comes out 100% tax free. Okay. So if you can pay lock in at a lower tax base now, and then when that money comes out and taxes go up, now all that money coming out is is tax free. And depending on the plan and how you have it set up, that money could last you significantly longer in retirement and give you a lot more spending power. Okay. And buying power. Okay. 
So that's the foundation, understanding that that tax code and, and changes, and it continues to change. I think the uh, uh, the White House, the current administration, made a change for for business owners at the end of last year that you know a, a lot of CPAs and tax attorneys found out about and. You know, so it, it continues to evolve. So, you know, making sure you're working with a good CPA and, and advisor is key to making sure you get taken advantage of the current tax code. Okay, so I want to rehash a little bit what I think you just said and have you tell me if I got it correctly. Basically, with the new tax law that went into effect start of 2018, it goes from 2018 to 2025. It gives us a break and an opportunity to take the money that we have put away in traditional IRA accounts and roll that over into a Roth so that we can pay taxes on it now at a lower tax rate, which will go back up in 2025. In, in 2026. 2026. So it goes away. You're right. It goes away December 31st, 2025. And starting January 1st, 2026, it goes back to the old tax code but that's, as it stands right now. That's what people, that's what everybody's saying about 2025. That's what they're saying to do is that if we have money that we haven't paid taxes on yet, get it out now at this tax rate. And we have to do it by 2025 to take advantage of that tax rate. Absolutely. If you look at the, the presidential candidates right now, and this is important to, to get the bigger picture, the scope of where taxes are going, you know, some are running on a platform of increased taxes across the board. And, you know, the, the CBO, which is the Congressional Budgetary Office, this is in 2008. This is why this is so important. So mm -hmm. they, they made this comment in 2008 when the national debt was below $9 trillion. Right now it's it's $22.5 trillion. <sighs> okay, so it's more than doubled. And so this is David Walker. He's agnostic when it comes to politics. He was the comptroller general for the U.S., you know, under Bush and Clinton. Uh -huh. All right. He said, regardless of what politicians tell you, any additional uh, you know, accumulations of debt are basically deferred uh, income taxes. Okay. And then the CBO said, Congressional Budgetary Office, again in 2008, uh, and this is the quote, if Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid go unchanged, the rate for the lowest tax bracket would increase from 10% to 25%. So remember, this wow. is the 2017 levels. Uh -huh. The rate on incomes in the current 25% tax bracket would have to be increased to 63%, okay? And the tax rate of the highest tax bracket would be raised from 35 to 88%. Now, this is the CBO, Congressional Budgetary Office. That's what, they, this was that's what they're projecting. Right, right. Okay. And so, you know, the, the comment is, at, at, that's never going to happen. That's crazy talk. Right, I right. mean, who is ever going to do that? Well, the reality is, it already happened. There were tax rates close to those amounts back in the early 60s, with a top income tax rate at 87%, and the lowest tax bracket at 26%. So, not only could it happen, but it already did happen. Okay. So, when we're looking at it, people say, well, you know what, it's gonna cost me taxes now. You know, do you wanna pay a little bit in taxes now to ensure that going forward, you're not hit with a much larger tax bill? Look, it's the future, nobody knows what that amount is going to be, but mm -hmm. with the talk, you know, in, in DC right now, you know, it's, it's a little unnerving, especially for those retirees. You wanna make sure that your tax plan as part of your overall financial plan is sound and fit and you know step by step each and every year what you're doing and you're comfortable with it to make sure that 
you're not being taxed at, at a significantly higher rate. So if your taxes double, that means you have to pull more money out of your pre-tax retirement, which means it could throw you into a higher tax bracket. It keeps, it gets, it keeps layering it keeps, on top of itself. It's it like does, a cake yeah. that just keeps building and you can't stop it. It's, even it's when a your cake that to nobody try. wants to eat. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> you know. It's fruitcake. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that, right? Nobody's Please don't make me eat that. that. No, thank yeah. you. Well, okay, so, but all of this brings me to my next question. So how how do we go about protecting ourselves from these case scenarios, these rising tax projections, if not having already had happen? What do we do now to work against what might imminently be coming? So understand the assets that you have. We, we've talked about this before, right? So where is my money right now? There's only three types of money. You've got, you know, taxable money, which are, you know, after-tax accounts, individual accounts, joint accounts, mm-hmm. you know, CDs, mm-hmm. et cetera. You have tax-deferred accounts, which are your traditional 401ks, traditional IRAs, traditional 457s, 403bs, those types of retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. And then you have your tax-free money which is, you know, your, your Roth accounts. You know, you've got your uh, Roth 401ks, Roth IRAs. Now a lot of 403B plans have, have Roth options in them. So putting money away now, and then also looking at, okay, how can I, once you understand your overall situation, working with your advisor and your, your CPA, you know, whoever your tax advisor is, say, okay, I know that I have so much in this current pre-tax account. And unfortunately, most people have 80 to 90% of their savings in those pre-tax buckets. I'm guilty so, of that. I, I'm literally writing all this stuff down because I am 100% in that population. Yeah. And, and you know, that's more common than you, you think. Right. And so how can we start to convert that over? How can we move that over in the most effective and efficient manner possible? You know, we call it tax mapping. Okay. You know, understanding, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is our current income, whether you're working or retired, because everyone has income. Where is it coming from? What tax bracket am I in? And what's my effective tax rate? Okay. So if I start to move this over, what is this going to cost me now? Okay. And so you can map it out for this year, next year, and, you know, for the, the, the next five years. And then each year, this time of the year, you want to review how much income you're sitting at in November, project it through the end of the year so that you can start those Roth conversions. Okay. I cannot stress enough how important it is to, to have as much money as possible into the Roth the way the tax code is structured right now. Okay. And that then brings me into that first question that I presented way back in the beginning, 15 minutes ago, the idea, I mean, and you read about it online, you see different articles when it sounds too good to be true, but the idea of, is it possible to have no taxes in retirement? And if that is even possible, how, no or minimal taxes, how do we do that? And is that all about the, the Roth accounts? It is, it is, you know, because the amount that you have in the pre-tax, like we talked about before, could directly affect your your taxable amounts, you know, for your social security. It's called the provisional income formula. It's a math equation that says, if you have income as a married filing jointly, if you have income of over $44,000, 
Congress deems you wealth, a wealthy American. Congratulations. Well, that's very convenient. So, I mean, gas is only $3 nice? a gallon. <laughs> of course, we're wealthy, $45,000. And, and, yet, and yet Congress just voted themselves a raise. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, yeah. Can so, we break but, Washington off and just like set it out oh to see? <laughs> is there a way to don't, do that? Don't even, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started. My goodness. Uh, you know. Okay. But so they consider you wealthy, and so 85% of your Social Security is taxed. What people don't understand is that tax is completely voluntary. And when I say that in class or in conversations, people look at me like I'm nuts. I am but looking it, at you like you're nuts. What is? What do you mean it's voluntary? It all depends on where your money is. Okay. So is your money taxable, tax-deferred, or tax-free? Those are the only three types of money. So okay. if you have the majority of your assets and tax-free buckets in those Roth options and some variations of, of cash value life insurance, then, you know, those money's coming out. Number one, there's no RMDs required minimum distributions. Right. And when those funds come out, it does not count against ordinary income, which then again does not count against your provisional income formula for Social Security. Okay. So then, voluntarily, you moved your assets from the taxable bucket to the tax-free bucket, uh -huh. the tax-deferred bucket to the tax-free bucket. Uh -huh. And because it's all tax-free, voluntarily, you got rid of your taxes on Social Security. So then at that point, you wouldn't have taxes on Social Security if you have, if you're strictly taking out of the tax-free, the Roth type accounts. Yeah, absolutely. And and we started doing this with, with clients, you know, back in 2008 and, uh -huh. and 2009. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of folks that, you know, we've already moved the majority and some of them 100% of their assets already in the Roth. And this is when the tax rates were a little bit higher. So now that they're getting Social Security, they're drawing down on income um, that is 100% tax free and their Social Security is not taxable at all. How many people come to your office or talking to you just, you know, when you're at your son's baseball game, this kind of stuff comes up and you start talking about how, oh yeah, you're 401k, you're going to get taxed and all that. Oh no, if you roll it over into your Roth, you pay the taxes now and then later on, you won't have to worry about that. How many people do you say on average, <laughs> percentage wise, had no idea that was the case? Uh, well, this is why I'm such a blast of parties, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves the money, man. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, holy cow, Snorefest, right? No, it's um, great. But it is, you know, people are shocked. They're like, come on, you know, is it really that big of a deal? And we, you just, it's all math, right? It's all about the math. You just, it's always true. It never lies. You just put it down on paper and you show them. They're like, are you kidding me? You know, what do we need to do? And, and, and it is, it's a step-by-step, -step. you know, here's step one, step two, step three, step four. You just lay it out it makes a huge difference in quality of life. Why don't we know this? Why is this not very public information? Is it because the subject matter is difficult? You know, talking in like the lingos and the acronyms and the numbers and the letters and all those things. We're embarrassed, right? We're embarrassed to ask questions because yeah. we feel stupid, right? And, and we're taught, you know, we same were thing taught yeah. from generations before, you don't talk about money. That's not how, that's not polite. You never bring those yeah, things exactly. up. So never be embarrassed. It, the number one rule is always remember it's your money, okay? There is no stupid question, honestly. I, I think a lot of people don't talk about it because they're embarrassed. And, you know, a lot of people just don't understand it. 
Uh, Which is period. also embarrassing. You you could be a completely successful, uh, you know, lawyer or teacher or some sort of honorable position, military, and you had had a great career and a healthy life and family, and it comes to this stuff, and you it makes you feel like a complete idiot. It is, it is, you know, and you know, especially those that that have done a phenomenal job amassing a huge savings account right. um, or or building their their retirement nest egg by way of rental property. And, you know, it's all these things, conventional financial wisdom, all these things that we've been taught our whole lives, Mm -hmm. get the deduction now, let it grow tax deferred. We're going to be in a lower rate when we retire. You know, we're going to spend less when we retire. So it's not going to matter. And, you know, it doesn't hold true anymore. Okay. Number one, we're not going to be in a lower tax rate. We already know that. Okay. So chances are it's going to go up. And as far as spending less when we retire, you know, what we're seeing with our clients, and I think this holds true when I talk to a, a lot of my colleagues, our clients are spending more in retirement. And the number one reason is they have more they free have time. They have free time. They can they're, finally they're, do the hobbies yeah. and go on the trips and spend money That's on exactly their it. kids and grandkids. And that is the number one thing is, you know, that bucket list. I have a client and when we were going through their plan, we first started working with them. Bill was going through and saying, okay, this is, we want to go here. We want to do this. We want to do this going through the whole list. And Sarah says, uh, yeah, that's all great. Those are our, those are our wishes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, but what I really want is to make sure that we have enough money so that we can hop on a plane. My kids are scattered all around the country. I want to be able to go see my grandkids whenever I want. Notice she said grandkids and not kids. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So you care less about the kids. I know I'm at this phase in my life where my parents are all about my niece and nephew. I am sympathetic. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's more of, of a need than it is a want. So they're spending more and more in retirement. And so if you have everything that's pre-tax money and you're having to pull out more and more, then the more you pull out, the more you're getting taxed, which means you have to pull out more to cover that tax loss, which could throw you into a higher tax bracket and could effectively trickle down and, and cause your Social Security to be taxed. And... If you have pensions and other sources of income, it could really jack it up enough. Because it so all that goes now, into that income tax lump. It does. It all goes into income tax. And now you're being, you know, that premium adjustment, which is really a tax on, on your Medicare. So all of this, if you do it the right way and, and understand that just because we've heard these rules over and over and over again, conventional financial wisdom, that doesn't necessarily make them true. Okay. So- bullet pointing the takeaways that I have picked up from this conversation. Number one, throw away everything that you knew before and all of the old rules. Everything is different now and you need to go based on what we have now, not what we were raised upon to think or believe. Number two, don't be afraid to ask for help. You are not stupid. Everything has recently changed a lot exponentially. And now more than ever, it's important to talk to people that can help you navigate these waters because they are just full of different things that nobody generations before have never had to deal with. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And number three, the most important thing, obviously this whole thing was about taxes and retirement is figuring out where you are right now and how you can take advantage of these current laws that are only in effect for another five or six years. And they can really make a difference as far as where you're going to end up financially in your retirement years. Yeah, you have to have a tax plan. You, you have to be able to map out where you're at right now in each and every year until this, this tax code sunsets or goes away okay. and reverts back and goes back to the old one. So you have 
have to have that plan in place. All right. Absolutely. And you can always set up an appointment to chat with Ed, get more information about all different kinds of things in the way of figuring out your financial future on his website, egsifinancial.com, egsifinancial.com for more information there. In the meantime, I'm just going to be getting to it, figuring all this tax information myself because there's a lot of opportunity right now and we don't want to miss out on it in the next few years is the biggest lesson I've learned today. Take advantage now while, you know, get it while the getting's good. All right. And Ed Zadell, he's the retirement trainer and here to figure out your tax-ish if you would like to help him do so. Like I said before, you can visit his website, egsifinancial.com. Thank you, Ed, for all of this. It's been so helpful. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Heather. You've been listening to The Retirement Trainer with me, Ed Sedell. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe, rate, and review this show. Got a retirement question? Send me an email to ed at egsifinancial.com. You can also learn more about us at egsifinancial.com. Join me next week for more retirement training. Thanks for listening. Edward Siddell is an investment advisor representative of EGSI Investment Management, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. EGSI Financial Services, Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Edward Siddell, NPN Insurance License Number 359-6278.